Welcome to another episode of Ravens at the Crossroad. I'm Tyler Matthews. And I'm Mistress Prime. Today we're discussing our experiences leading up to and attending Covenant of the Goddesses, Grand Council, and Mary Meet. So, it was a drive. Oh yeah, it was a drive, uh, about 12 hour drive. Yeah, so it the event itself was actually in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And for those of you unfamiliar, we are actually based in Southern California. So it was a nice long drive, but in my opinion, it was a nice drive despite that. We had wonderful material to listen to. Yeah. Put on a book on tape. Yep. Uh, Neil Gaiman's uh, Norse Gods. Okay. Uh, was a really good. That's one of my personal favorites. It was fun. Yeah. Um, and we left in the middle of the night, so it was a lot less traffic. <laughs> Significantly less traffic. Not as much heat either. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, other than the fact that by the time we arrived at our destinations and we were both, our destination, we were both exhausted. Other than that, um, I think our choice to leave at midnight was a good idea. Yeah, I agree. And we got to see some really cool uh, natural like beauty of the landscape as the sun came up, uh, passing through Arizona and into New Mexico. That was... Wonderful. Yeah, that was a treat. Um, one of the stops that we made, because we did drive through, we didn't stay any place. Uh, one of the stops we made, actually a few stops, we saw some ravens just kind of chilling. Yeah. yeah, here and there. Yeah. It was kind of interesting and uh, and enjoyable. At one point we were at a rest stop and there were there was one raven that was like near the car mm-hmm. uh, playing in the water. Yeah, yeah. It's like a water fountain of some kind. Uh, the water fountain that was there had a little leak at the bottom of it, so. Yeah, and he was just sort of hanging out. And then I noticed there were others nearby. Yeah. So, which, you know, they usually hang out in a crowd. They're, they're a congregation of uh, <laughs> ravens. Right. And then we made our way into New Mexico. I mean, we made pretty good time. I think we made it in about... Twelve and a half hours. Yeah, it was actually despite stopping for fuel and rest stops and everything. Uh, I think we hit the drive-through once. On we the had way drive-through out. on the way there once. Yeah. And then. Yeah, and then um, we, we had got snacks. Through. Yeah, we were fine. Yeah. So um, we didn't really need to stop for very often. Uh, Just for two fuel ups and. Or was it three? I mean, we did really well on gas. I think we ended up using a tank and a half to get out there. Okay, yeah. Um, I just remember one early morning stop at some trading post. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, I was not 100% coherent. I was pretty tired at that point. But, yeah, so I just remember that and maybe a fuel stop on the way out there. Yeah. Anyway. So we got to New Mexico, checked into our room really early because mm-hmm. usually check-in is until three and we got there about quarter to one. Yeah. Um, and uh, got a good room, got all the equipment and everything taken up and then I crashed. Uh, I was shortly there <laughs> behind you. I, I think as soon as my head hit the pillow, I was out. And we, we were out for what, two, three hours? If that, yeah. And then we went in explored the area because there were little things that we didn't bring with us or oh yeah we need to hit the hit the store Mm -hmm. but we did find much to my amazement we're out in the middle of new mexico a landlocked state 
and we get out there and we're looking for a place to eat and we find there's a slapfish out there. Now, Slapfish is a restaurant that I'm familiar with because it's in Huntington Beach, where I grew up, and they're known for their sustainable uh, fishing and fresh food, and I absolutely love it, uh, so I was just completely floored to find out there was one out in Albuquerque. Yeah, I had never been to one, but uh, it was really, really good. Yeah. I, I was I was pleasantly surprised because it was kind of one of those chain uh, mall Stores strip and mall, yeah. strip mall. So you're kind of like, how's this going to be? Is this going to be a good place or not? And no, it was it was really good. It's one of the few places where I didn't feel like my mouth was going to burn off from the spice in New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. So in case it hasn't become obvious, Tyler is very white. <laughs> yeah. And spicy food is apparently not uh, something that is enjoyable for him. <laughs> so... Uh, because the rest of our time there, a lot of the food we had was uh, very spicy with a lot of chilies. Um, and while I don't mind them in general, after a while it was getting to be a little much for me. But it was still really good. Yep. Well, it was it was good and we got there. And that night I think we bumped into a couple people, but it, we kind of called it an early night just because we were both really tired. Right. We registered. We said hello uh to uh, Rowan, who's part of Ardentain, uh, and uh, Chimiza Local Council was the council for the Covenant of the Goddess that was hosting the event, and they're based out in New Mexico, obviously, uh, but Ardentain is the um, pagan uh, learning center that is based up in the Jemez uh, Pueblo area, uh, just outside of uh, Albuquerque. And we did run into Azrael, Azrael Kay, and uh, said hello to her. And then we also saw uh, Maka mm -hmm. and spent a little time hanging out with her. And I also saw um, Galen, who is the uh, recorder for uh, the national board. And uh, we ran into a couple more friends. And, and we did see Morgana that first day mm -hmm. we got there. I thought so. I was like, I'm yeah, she, sure. she had shown up. She'd flown in that night. Yep. Um, so it was pretty cool. We ran into a lot of people, but then we were really exhausted, so we went back to our room to just crash out. Yeah. Uh, and before we get into the next little bit, uh, what exactly is the Grand Council board meeting, for those who may not know? So Covenant of the Goddess is an organization that was established in 1975 for the protection of rights for witches and um, they have gone through a lot of incarnations as to exactly how they were achieving that but they have been at the forefront of fighting for people to have their rights within the United States. Um, and so what they have to do because they're a national nonprofit organization by law they have to meet at least once a year and have a national board meeting wherein all representatives of the organization, meaning members, have um, have their say in how the business is conducted from that point forward. Uh, this is when uh, they might discuss things that they want to change in how policy is uh, or if they want to run for a position on the national board. Uh, so it's, it's basically a two-day board meeting and it's a lot of politics and business and for some people it's difficult to sit through but for others they enjoy the interaction and the work that gets done. So, 
So that's what, so once a year, and, and then the location moves around from uh, one end of the country to the other, depending on which local council is interested in hosting. And that's um, determined by who is the second officer, correct? Well, sort of. So if there's more than one local council or even a person that is willing to host the event, then um, if there's more than one that it gets brought to the Grand Council and then they make the decision on who will get next year to host, uh, but usually it's just one person volunteers or one location volunteers and then we just go with it and so they have a representative and that representative is the liaison for the national board and the group of people that are hosting the event. Okay. So it's not always a second officer or the second officer is the liaison? The second officer is the liaison. Okay. So it's not like you go running for the position of second officer and then somebody else hosts the event and then you talk to them. It's a already figured out thing gotcha. prior to Grand Council. Hey, Orange County Local Council would like to offer to do Grand Council 2020. Who would like to be the representative on the national board for that? Okay, so when they go to Grand Council, then they say, so-and-so is interested in running for the position of second officer, and their local council will be the one that is hosting next event. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. I, I, I wanted to make sure... I understood it so we sure. can share it for everybody else. Sure. Uh, so the Grand Council is the business meeting, and it is pretty hardcore. Uh, it's, uh, but then in order to kind of entertain other people, maybe bring them to the event so that they could also meet COG members and get to know the organization, there's usually a side event that's going on. I'd say side, but it's really like a side-by-side -side thing where they have uh, what's called Merry Meet, and then there are usually workshops and classes, but there's also live entertainment uh, or a dance or something that's conducted during the uh, Friday and Saturday portions of the event. Um, and so it's just, it's a lot of activity, and if you're hosting the event, it's a lot of work. Oh yeah. Yeah, so. It, I, I could tell that the local uh, council that was putting it on, they they were excited to have it there, but it was a lot of work. It was a lot of stress on a lot of people. Uh, and I could tell a lot of people were relieved that it went over so well. And In the end, yes. I think, um, honestly, for me personally, I think Shimizu Local Council, again, did a fantastic job. I agree. Um, they're from the uh, swag bags upon registration, the ease of registration, the name tags, which has been an issue in some instances, but the name tags were really easy, and I love the little ribbon mm -hmm. because it was easy to wear. But um, also the leadership council, the classes that they offered and workshops, the space, the hotel. I was completely comfortable at the hotel, and their hotel staff was phenomenal. Yes. Um, there was so many things, and they did a nature walk on Sunday at the uh, local... Uh, nature preserve? It was a preserve. Uh, which we skipped out on because we were busy recording other interviews. That was a really busy day. Four interviews in one day. <laughs> That's a lot. And uh, so then there was a lot of stuff going on. They had a lot of moving parts. I think that they did a phenomenal job, yeah. and I'm grateful that we were able to actually attend. Uh, as am I. So speaking of the Leadership Institute, mm -hmm. uh, let's go into a little bit about that. That was at Ardentine this year? Yes, so the Leadership Institute is always held on the Thursday before Grand Council, and it's for folks that are able to get out there a little bit early, but it's intended to basically enhance knowledge and bring about 
um, discussions or education to make members better leaders in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, this particular year, we were so fortunate to go to the Ardenhain uh, Center up in the Jemez Pueblo area, and holy cow, if you get the opportunity to go to anything at Ardenhain, do. I cannot emphasize this enough. It was a fantastic location, freaking gorgeous. Absolutely, yeah. It was, it was amazing, and some of the stuff that they had us do was very touching to me as far as being able to feel the energy from the area it, it you have no cell service by the way yeah so. so okay so what he's talking about is so the event that we did for this year's uh, leadership was they sent us out they made us separate out into teams and we went out into different groups into different locations not very far from Ardentane, but it was first most it was a bit of a drive. We went the farthest, I believe. I think so. Um, but some groups did stay on property. Right. So there was a group that stayed on property that maybe didn't feel like venturing out, but many people went out to these different groups that went to different areas. There was um, you know different types of rock formations, and so what they wanted people to do was go out and feel the area and kind of commune with the energy of that particular area. And then come back and report to the rest of the Leadership Institute members that or attendees that what they felt and answering a bunch of questions or asking a bunch of questions about the area and sort of encouraging people to kind of be more mindful about an entire area, not just one aspect of the area, but the entire story of that area. And it you know, cause people to really connect better with each other, but also with the area and the different energies and the different aspects of the energies. So it was a, it was a very moving experience for most people. Mm -hmm. It very much was. And uh, after we got back, we wrote up questions and we had really awesome uh, lunch there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the members of, uh, the Chamisa local council was the person who I think made most of the food. Or? Uh, almost all of it. Yeah, it it was pretty good. I was, I enjoyed everything we experienced. Yeah, so. it, it it was good. Um, even the spicy food there wasn't so spicy that I couldn't eat. <laughs> so, so the location that um, we actually both ended up going on the same team and going out to was called the Gilman Tunnels. And when we got out there, because I really didn't know what to expect. I was honestly afraid we were going to be underground somewhere. <laughs> and we got there, and it was these two tunnels carved out of stone that were very tall, had high archways, but kind of narrow, and not what I was expecting for yeah. cars to drive through. And I didn't have any idea what I was looking at while we were wandering around. So we parked nearby. We all got out of the van. And wandered around and there was a river like a gorge really close by we saw a couple people climbing down there to go swim in it which seems super dangerous to me but whatever and uh, you know there were natural caves that were carved out of the stone in certain areas but I didn't understand what why they created these archways and it wasn't until we got back that I found out that they were originally created for the railroad, mm -hmm. which explained why they were so tall and right. narrow. Because uh, they weren't expecting like two cars to go through because yeah. you can't get two cars to go through. It's one at a time, one way or the other way. 
And uh, so then that made a little more sense. Because I'm like, who made these things? So when we got back, we asked all our questions and we got some answers. Uh, but all of that information was supposed to be emailed once it was compiled mm-hmm. um, to send out to everybody that participated. But I had a really good time. You got a better chance to commune with the energy. I was on high alert the whole time. I know you were. Uh, we <laughs> we had an incident coming out there where some guy thought he was going to whip into the spot right next to us. And he got angry, honked his horn, and flipped us all off. And I'm thinking to myself, you just flipped off a truck or a van full of witches. <laughs> Did but he flip people off? I didn't even he, see that He part. flipped us off. He, awesome. he, he was He was a very angry gentleman. Uh, but he was one of the guys that went down to go swimming, but uh, he he was very, very upset. And so we did stay close to the, We did go through both tunnels, but we didn't stay at the second tunnel very long because we were like, we want to stay close to the van just in case something goes down. Yeah, because our driver had said she was going to leave the van unlocked and the keys in the ignition. In case somebody got too hot. Right. Because it was very warm. Totally fine, but... My security-minded brain was like, I'm going to stay kind of closest to the van in case there's an incident. Because suddenly people were showing up that we hadn't seen along the drive out there. Except mm-hmm. for that dude that almost hit us. Um, yeah. He was going the opposite way when we were coming up. Totally confusing, but yeah, yeah whatever. Um, but So you had the opportunity to commune with the rocks, the, mm-hmm. the, the area, the serenity of that area. And do you care to share anything about that? Yeah, so... In one of the tunnels, I found that I could climb up the wall a little bit, and I uh, managed to find a spot to plop myself down, and I meditated, uh, kind of communing with the spirits there, and I got flooded with just imagery of the area over a period of time, uh, and I started getting flooded with emotions, actually. I started tearing up. I did notice that. Like, a very emotional weekend in some regards. It was a very emotional weekend for a lot of people. Um, you could definitely feel it from certain people. And it just... It was so powerful of a emotion feeling from the, the earth, the ground and everything in that area. And I could kind of feel the water moving below us and everything like that. It was, it was an intense... Uh, feeling it's one of the most intense communions I've had with natural surroundings. Yeah, I did take a lot of photos. Uh, unfortunately, I could only take them with my phone because I didn't think to bring my camera. Um, but to be fair, I didn't bring mine either. So I'm gonna put those together and we'll get them up on the website at some point in time. But honestly, I, I'm gonna have to shop them a little because the photographs don't fully encapsulate. The beauty of that region absolutely the color of the stones that were out just the the red rocks with the dark green shrubs mm-hmm. and it was so beautiful I absolutely loved it out there it's like I don't know, it's just gorgeous oh so. and for us coming from Southern California we're used to kind of beige and dried out stuff for most of the year our spring right. we get some green yeah but later on in the year everything yeah. dries out true True. So we kind of are got a little spoiled being able to see that later in the year. And some of the rocks uh, that we saw, for those who don't know, New Mexico has uh, 
Is it volcanoes or hot springs? I forget which. Well, we were by some hot springs where we were, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, we were, because that was one of the other places that we could have gone. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. So, there were hot springs there. So you've I'll, got... I'll be honest with you. So, they allowed us to choose our teams based off of the color of the bandanas, and I didn't care what location they were at. I wanted the, like, blue bandana, so that's... Why I chose my team. It ended up working out well, but... And that was the one I wanted to go to, so... that Then that worked out great. Yep. Uh, but we got back, had our lunch, which was really awesome. Mm-hmm. And then we broke up into groups again and covered... Two different groups. Two different groups. One of them was about reconnecting uh, your... In... Uh, one was defining wisdom. What is wisdom? Right. That was the one I went to. And then you went to the one uh, reestablishing uh, your... Your, in, your passion yeah. or your spiritual path or your leadership for the community. Or, it was something to that effect. It was some, essentially going off and saying... Uh, so you've got burnout. What yeah. are you going to do to fix that? Exactly. And that's part of the reason I stayed. I'm like, yeah, because I've been there a, a couple times. So it was an interesting conversation. There were a lot of um, perspectives, and uh, we we had a lot to talk about from a lot of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. So it was it was very interesting. But what did you learn in the wisdom group? I added a lot, actually. Okay. Uh, we kind of established that wisdom and intelligence don't necessarily mean the same thing. Right. Uh, and wisdom can come from experience and using that experience to help guide others and doing things in a way that doesn't necessarily mean that you learned it in a book someplace it's having that innate understanding of how things and in maybe an emotional intelligent comes intelligence comes along with some wisdom as well okay so th- there were definitely some good parts in there a lot of people did add uh, more into it and a lot of people agreed uh, with what we had established. So we had, by the end, probably a good page and a half of notes that when everything was said and done, we went back in, we shared with the group. Right. Uh, we were talking about other ways to kind of um, refresh your interest. Uh, you know, go back to why it is you do what you do mm-hmm. and, and reconnect with that energy. Uh, but when was it? So after that, so we had lunch when you guys... Uh, we had lunch, we broke off into groups, and then you guys came back. Mm-hmm. And then we got to talking about sharing information or not sharing information. Because somehow we got on the topic, and then we were talking about, you know, uh, our experiences, mm-hmm. uh, which three of us kind of all connected. It was you, me, and Maka. Right. All connected on this whole topic of adoption. Right. And, uh, you know, is Connecting it, with birth family right but that wasn't really the topic it had something to do with you know telling people something and was it it was part of the kind of closing elements that we were discussing right like sometimes it's not it's not always the best to be an open book with some people right sometimes it's better to hold things back so that you don't put yourself or others in danger so thinking in advance of the ramifications of doing things. We're trying to be mindful about, you know, what you're saying. Is it is it best to give the whole information, the whole truth right then and there for somebody 
and what are the occasions when it might not be best right and uh, and then there was so I yeah so I, I remember there was a you know Maka had her story you had your story mm-hmm. and then mine and all three of us had something that were kind of interwoven into yeah um, uh, an adoption which was really fascinating. Or family relations. Family, yeah. Yeah. Just family relations and then an, an honest truth about those situations. So. Yep. It, it was really, really good. Um, by the end of the day, a lot of people were tired. Ooh, no, then there was a dance. Oh, that's right. There was a dance. Dude, um, uh, Deborah, hmm. Deborah Bender. I was going to say, starts with a B. Uh, Deborah Bender taught us a dance and a song. Mm-hmm. And, it was um, in French. And then, um, so we did, well, you guys did that. I was kind of beat by then. I, I was pretty smoked by the end of the day. And then we left there Yep. and went to a place called The Range Cafe uh, between the Jemez Pueblo and Albuquerque. Yep. And had a fantastic dinner with everybody. Uh, this is a really cool place though. It was, mm-hmm. you know, very artsy and fun and there was a live band playing and uh, some amazing artwork up on the walls. Yeah. But, uh, so then they had, we had dinner there. I had uh, stuffed chilies. I had turkey and I had, I essentially had Thanksgiving dinner. You did, which kind of cracked me up. I'm like, that's actually an option? Okay. Uh, it worked for me, you know. It was perfect for you. And then uh, we got to see some friends that, uh, you know, we, had, we hadn't seen until that point to really, like, socialize with. And then we left from there. We weren't done yet. Holy cow. We left from there and then went off to go drum as the full moon rose on the horizon into the night sky. And, I, and I, you can't see it, but I've got air quotes going because there were only three drums and uh, it was a nice little group. It was a nice experience in the theory of it. And it was really cool to see the moon rising. Over and, Albuquerque. Yeah, and over the, over the city, you could see all the city lights. Mm-hmm. Across. Oh, it was just beautiful. It was a beautiful location. I was just really wiped out by that. Yep, and uh, point of order for if you ever try to do this, don't do it in a driveway where semi trucks <laughs> are gonna pull in. That was um, that was a oopsie. Uh, yeah, I couldn't see anything there. I'm kind of surprised I didn't hurt myself walking around. Yeah. But uh, it was really cool. We had a good time, and then we headed back to. No, we had to do a pit stop, but then we headed back in to our hotel and crashed hard. Uh huh. Passed out and uh, started again first thing next morning. Yep. And that is when Grand Council started. Yep. We uh, attend. We had breakfast uh, at the hotel, and yeah, breakfast every morning was covered. Um, so the the morning, um, sorry, the restaurant in in the hotel uh, served breakfast for us every morning. Twisted avocado, I think, was what it was called, if I remember right. It was something avocado. Twisted yeah, avocado? I think so. Okay. Um, staff was really great. Mm-hmm. The food was really tasty. and uh, But it got to be a little too spicy after a while for Tyler, so he had to back off on some of that. Yeah. I, I went back to just uh, your standard eggs and bacon and toast. 
It was good, though. Yes, yes, it was. And a good way to start your day. So then we uh, we did not go into Grand Council right away. No, we uh, perused the uh, wares in the, oh, the vendor, vendor room. room. That's when we ran into, uh, oh, I have their thing. It's downstairs. Sweetwater. Yep. Um, they had some really great, um, like, uh, balms and lotions. And Got some CBD balms and uh, lotions. Yeah, really nice stuff. And uh, uh, free like, neck rubs. Yeah, five-minute, uh, like, neck, shoulder kind of thing. Yep. Um, but we, we each bought some CBD balm from them. Yep. Which I have to say has been very helpful on my shoulders. <laughs> yeah, mine too. And it's been helping with some of the stress headaches with everything else going on. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's that's been nice. Uh, and then we went into Grand Council for a little bit. Yeah, I just want to... Okay, so I... <laughs> before we started everything, like on Thursday morning, while we were waiting for the vans to pick us up, Kano had come out. Um, I think he was just saying hi to everybody and stuff, and... Uh, I talked to him briefly about one uh, one or two of the items that was on the agenda, but I said that I didn't want to drag Tyler into the Grand Council because he's not technically, well, he's not a member, so he's it's not like he gets a vote on anything, and also I just didn't need him getting mixed up in the middle of uh, the politics of the organization, given that he's not a member, but I wanted to address some of the key issues that they were going to be talking about, which had tech stuff in it so then we talked to him in advance well we did it again the next day when we came back in the morning and then we quietly went in there only so that he can get an idea of what I was talking about with regards to it being a board meeting and how it's run there there are ways that things are supposed to happen and things have to go in a particular order but it's not just that there are people in a room it's also that there were people online who were virtually attending as well, and who also had a vote and say of what was going on. Uh, so I just wanted him to see it. I didn't plan for either of us to actually spend much time there in general, because we, that's not why we were there. We were there to interview folks. Yep. Um, but we did manage to be in there when they, uh, I think it was Amber? Was it Amber that... Uh, yeah, she was giving a presentation on, on a couple. She put a lot of items on the agenda. She did. And some really great things had happened that uh, changed kind of uh, are changing the way that COG is going to operate in ways that I think personally I think are going to be really good. But I also like uh, so the one change that affects you as mm -hmm. being a potential member is that they're opening up how the membership for an individual member. Right. So instead of it being called a solitary membership. Mm -hmm. And being a member of that group, it's now an individual membership. And you don't need to have that uh, document saying that you're a certain level of uh, in this tradition. Well, okay, so let me back up a little bit. Yeah. When the Covenant of the Goddess was originally established, the only membership available was for covens. Right. And then they changed it sometime since I've been a member to allow for national or to allow for solitary memberships, which would be individuals. Whether or not they're with a coven is also a different story altogether. And whether or not their coven is a member of the organization is, again, a totally different story. Mm -hmm. But a person can become a solitary member. Well, the wording was once again changed to individual, which I think is 
kind of how it should be. And then they opened it up. Originally, a solitary member would also need to qualify to be a credentials holder. And a credentials holder is only a possibility if you have reached a particular status in your training that ranks you at equal to like a third degree or elder status within your training. So, and that means that you would be able to legally be able to perform weddings and things of those nature. Um, and so now the individual member no longer has to come in as a credential level qualification. They can come in just essentially identifying as a witch. Mm -hmm. And some people did not like that. There were some people who were very not happy about it. They felt that that was... Um, going to cause more problems than anything i i don't agree i think this allows for a greater potential for membership i agree and okay. there are other ways of you know uh you know a member who has no training obviously won't be able to get a credential to be able to perform legal ceremonies but that doesn't mean that during their time as a member, they could not eventually qualify for that later down right. the road. In the meantime, they could still get the benefits of being a member of COG and, and it's being connected with people. That too. That That's a big piece of it, I think, is COG has the capability of connecting people who have these years of experience with people who may not have that experience yet. Sure. And we still have to have letters of recommendation from people who are known by COG. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a member, as it was explained. Well, the other thing is, yes. So you still have to go through all the other vetting process. Right. So, so you still have to be, so, like, you couldn't just walk in as a nobody off the street that nobody knew and say, I'm a witch, I want to be a member. And then it mm -hmm. would be a matter of, okay, well, now we need to have people get to know you and to just, you know, to determine that you are somebody that people will write letters of recommendation for to get your membership right and that's i think that's still a good idea because that ensures that you're not going to get somebody who is just saying that just to you know be different like somebody has to be able to say yes i i've worked with this person and seen uh that they hold the practices and beliefs that the organization has uh that was one of the big things that I was excited about seeing changed uh, on that first day because Kanu had mentioned it, right? And I was like, "Oh, that that sounds like that actually directly impacts me." So it, it was it was interesting to be there and have something that even though I'm not a member, have that be a potential impact element for me. Sure. Uh, and I think once people realize that that's a possibility that they can now join would increase their potential if they were going to choose that option. Yep. Uh, the other thing that I was actually excited about was a change in uh, representation. So basically they're creating a board of individuals that represent all of the local councils as well as the national covens and the national individuals. And I think that that's going to be great because it's going to create a, a much better means of communication directly to the people who are impacting the direction of the organization. Right. Well, this was another one that uh, Amber Kay had added to the agenda. She had a lot of really great stuff on there. She did. She really did. She worked really hard. And this one had a bit of uh, pushback to the point where I actually had to go for a vote, didn't it? 
Yes. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's what they were voting on. Yeah. Um, yeah, because if the organization runs on consensus, and if for some reason that they cannot, in good faith, come together and work and agree to allow something to go forward, then uh, if there's somebody who is going to block that particular something, then usually they take it to vote. But otherwise, things in general are not voted on. They are agreed upon. Yep. And uh, that passed. And one of the other advantages uh, I heard people talking about was it was going to allow the board members who handle the business element Mm -hmm. to be selected based on business acumen, not necessarily representation. Which is what I think is necessary. Yeah. So that's, uh, there's so many things are changing. Uh, I think for the better. There's a lot of things that they're trying to change for the better. Um, I know that uh, people have been working really hard at trying to move things forward in order to do this, but there have been others who have, you know, blocked them or um, just made it more difficult for these things to move forward because they couldn't see the vision that some of these folks had for the organization at that time. Mm -hmm. But a lot has happened in the... How many years have I been with them? 16 years? I was going to say, it's been a while. Yeah, so... Uh, And on that second day, we actually were up in our room for a good chunk of that. Yeah, we came down early before lunch, I think. We were down there, and then we went to lunch, and then... Oh, we went we, back to our room mm-hmm, after lunch. We, we had gonna... spoke with Manny from the Wild Hunt. Yes. And he actually put us in the uh, Pagan Newsletter. No, he put us in the Wild Hunt under the Community News. That's right. Uh, for August 26th, I think it was. Uh, but we've you know spoken to him briefly and, and stuff. And then we've gone to our room to go take care of some stuff. We came back down the elevator because I got this really weird feeling. I'm like, we need to get downstairs. Could not explain what it was, but I was feeling very anxious. We got downstairs, got off the elevator, and were immediately meted by, uh, greeted by Manny, who was right outside the elevator in the office for the business office for the hotel. hotel yeah. And gave us, just sort of gave us a somewhat panicked look. And uh, worried, maybe not panicked, more like worried, and was talking to us as if we knew what he was saying. And I kind of looked at him like, I, I really don't know what's going on. And all I heard was Amber left. Amber and Ezreal left. It wasn't just Amber. Right. And I didn't, I didn't understand what he meant because, you know, we were upstairs in our room. And I thought he meant like they left to go back to Argentine to pick something up. I, like, I seriously didn't know what was going on. But apparently we had missed a very unfortunate uh, situation in the Grand Council where, as has happened in, in past episodes, um, tempers got flared and feelings were hurt and things were perhaps said that may not have been intended. Um, but I don't know because I wasn't there and I didn't hear any of it. All I know is that uh, Amber K and Azriel K left mm-hmm. their council and the Covenant but I was hoping that only for like that moment. So I don't right. know what's happened because we haven't actually really talked to them about it. No. Not very much. We have heard from both of them. Um, and we're hoping that they're both doing very well. <clears throat> but we didn't hear exactly what happened or occurred. And I don't know what their status is. 
with regards to their feelings about the situation. I'm mm. not going to speculate on that. Right. But, so when we walked into Grand Council, there was crying. There were obviously people in upset states. Mm-hmm. And we had no idea what had happened. So we sat down and we're just sort of paying attention to try and figure out what was going on. And we were absolutely uh, terrified to learn that as things progressed, nobody wanted to run for a national board. And in all the time that I've been there, I've never seen that before. It was, the tension in the room was palpable. Yeah, it... (laughs) It was confusing, and I didn't understand what um, what they would have to do if nobody ran for a national board position, because essentially that would mean that there was no governing, um, there was no board to direct the direction of the organization. So things were looking kind of bleak for a period of time, as people that had originally said that they were going to run for a position two of them had backed down completely and mm-hmm. said they're going to withdraw for reasons. They had various reasons. Um, and I didn't know what would happen. Did that mean that the current board would have to stay on? Would that mean that they would have to make a special dispensation in order to do that? Because there are things in the bylaws that would prevent people from running for X amount of time in the same position. So what ended up happening was a lot of discussions, a lot of working things out. They continued on with other business. One of the things was uh, so the military awards were uh, distributed to those that they were giving recognition to who had served mm-hmm. uh, and have, had may not uh, previously released, previously received an award from the covenant. Right. And there was a break for while people were voting. Yeah. And the vote came back. And I think that was kind of the turning point uh, between the uh, voting coming back and that break where people were singing different chants that kind of rebalanced the energy in the room a little bit. Yeah, I kind of felt like things were spiraling and chaotic before then. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out why. It just seemed really weird uh, because it seemed like before we left for lunch, 99% of the people present were for these changes being made. Everybody at that point, with the exception of a couple people, felt very positive about these changes. So then when we came back and we found out things kind of broke down, I was really shocked and surprised to see that. So yeah. anyway, so as people were going out and doing their vote, and then coming back into the room, and then more discussions had been made amongst the local council that was hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, they had originally said they were going to take up a bunch of, uh, they were going to run for a bunch of positions on the national board, but then they were reconsidering because they weren't certain of the state of their local council because Amber and Azriel K had both left. So they had managed to decide that they were going to do the work to keep this organization going in the right direction. Right. So new positions had, uh, there was an outreach position, I think that's new. Yep. And a local council member had joined up for that one. In fact, 
surprise, surprise, somebody under the age of 30. Yeah. Which is kind of a big deal. So, uh, but then people started stepping up. And then all of a sudden, all the positions had been repopulated with, you know, a lot of fresh faces and a lot of positive energy going forward. And hopeful tones in what was being expressed. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think really the turning point ended up being after the vote came through, after the local council that was hosting uh, decided that, you know, we're going to continue uh, reintroducing or introducing the uh, proposals. Proposals, there we go. Uh, reintroducing the proposals that Amber had initially introduced. And we started working through those very quickly. Uh, very li- very little pushback from uh, the groups that I think initially had objections had objections uh, and mm-hmm. I think part of that had to do with uh, people sitting down with them and explaining to them what their vision was I, I think there might have been a little mis- misunderstanding mm-hmm. at the onset right and so I think that got clarified with more information for those people I believe but I don't really know uh, but yes, you're right. There was uh, little to no pushback from the people who had originally objected. Yeah. Uh, but it was really amazing to watch where we had walked in and saw that everything was in turmoil and falling apart to now coming back around and healing and getting things wrapped up just before we would end for the day. Yep. And for the weekend, really. Yeah. Well, Okay. I have been there at times when Grand Council has moved on to a third day. Right. And then they're really kind of hustling to get things wrapped up because people are literally leaving, going flying back mm-hmm. home. And so they need to wrap it up pretty quickly. So I was really just pleased that they were able to get it all done by Saturday. Yeah. So that went over really well. Uh, and Saturday night, uh, we went out to eat with Morgana. Right. Uh, day before, we found a nice little uh, French restaurant with Maca. Yes, that was actually quite fabulous. Yeah. Uh, Old Town, New Mexico, little French restaurant, back in the corner. Lights are a little... Uh, I think I posted pictures of those on my official Mistress Prime Instagram. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I blurred your face with a sticker. I appreciate that. <laughs> but it, it was... Uh, it was really good. I had a spinach and mushroom crepe. That was just phenomenal. I had the salmon. Yeah. It was delicious. Yeah, so really good. And then we went for sushi with Morgana. The next day. Yep. Which was, again, awesome. Oh, so delicious. I had a peach sake. That's right. Oh. <laughs> I, don't get, I don't drink alcohol that much, So, but when I do, it's nice to have a very nice you know drink and it was refreshing and delicious and reminded me why I love sake yeah or I think the only other time I've seen you drink is if it's mead (laughs) mead yeah mead is the other mead and uh, mead rum and sake yeah and then so our final Sunday uh, they went off to the nature preserve Right. And we stayed back to uh, get some interviews done. That's when we did our interview with uh, Kanu. Kanu. And then we have an interview that we're going to be... Uh, yes, an uh, uh, interview with Lord Baderis. And then 
Uh, um, we also interviewed Blaine and Brandon. Brandon, yes. And uh, I believe Blaine is the incoming for that one. All right. Uh, and then uh, we also did an interview with Scorpia. Yes, Scorpia, who was it was also her first time. But she came all the way out. See, so this was what was fascinating, and I love that she did this. She flew out all the way from Baltimore. Right, with her high priestess. Right, uh, to check out Cobb because she was very interested in joining. Um, so we got the opportunity to to hear from her firsthand mm-hmm. as another person whose first experience it was with COG in general, right? Uh, not just Grand Council. So uh, getting her perspective on things, but for a variety of reasons. Also the fact that she's uh, younger mm-hmm. than a lot of the membership. Tends she's to be. about my age. She's around your age. And uh, also being a person of color, mm-hmm. which was also very key to... I wanted to get her perspective on things. Right. Especially considering some of the missteps in the past that Exactly. Yeah. So no, it was it was a good day. We got four interviews on the last day. That was hard. It was. That was a lot of work. That was a lot more work than I expected it to be, but you know, it was good. It was we good. Got some really good interviews that day. Yeah. And then I introduced you to your new favorite pizza. That's right, we had pizza that night. We decided not to go out because we were kind of just done. So tired. We were so done. So we had pizza in our room and uh, watched a movie. Yep. At which you passed out within fifteen minutes. It, I soon my head hits a pillow. I, I think it's so funny. Every single night he would he would set up a movie onto the TV off of his laptop, and then within fifteen minutes I would hear snoring from the other bed. I'm like, what? The? Okay. I figured you needed something. Cause... I didn't. I, okay. I would have been fine with my, you know, doing yeah. stuff online, but I was like, okay. so. But you got to watch Rocket Man. Yeah, that, that, that movie actually really stuck with me. I don't even know how to explain that. Yeah. And then next day we... Drove home. Packed it all in and drove home. A lot of packing. Yeah. Although it seemed like it was easier to pack this time than coming out, but it was a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then... A lot of equipment, dude. Hey, yeah, I try to do no, it. No, it's totally fine. Totally fair. Um, and next time, like I said, I'm leaving all the mic stuff up to you going forward. Okay. So, <laughs> you guys heard it here. Uh, so, the so, if there's car. problems with the audio, you can blame <laughs> Tyler. That's, that's, that's all my fault. It is. Um, so, got in the car and just... Jumped on the freeway yep. and headed back home. Uh, hit the Cracker Barrel on the way back. Oh, you introduced me to Nerdcore. Oh, that's true. Like, official Nerdcore. Like, yep. I've been kind of, like, edging the community of that music genre for a while. I didn't realize there was more. Yeah, it's a very deep pool. Yeah. You've got MC Frontalot. You've got Megaran. You've got uh, MC Lars. You've got... Uh, but we were playing Dr. Awkward. Dr. Awkward, yes. Yeah. I have to say he is now one of my absolute favorite and Schaefer the Dark Lord. Yep. Love, love, love them. Uh, so they're now like some of my favorites to listen to. Yeah. Just saying. And I'm bummed that we missed Schaefer the Dark Lord on Friday. Yep. Because he's actually playing out here in Long Beach, but both of us were unable, unable to attend and I'm really bummed. But next come, time. Yeah, they come out a few times a year, so. Okay. Uh, Front a lot is actually a good uh, somebody I know. So nice. 
I, I get the heads up when they're heading out this way. Nice, nice. Uh, and then, yeah, so after we hit the Cracker Barrel. Yeah, we did. Oh, gosh. So we got we got down the road, and I'm like, we have to hit Cracker Barrel just once. <laughs> so we go to the Cracker Barrel, which I know. But I grew up in Southern California. This is not the kind of food that I grew up with. So when I actually get to have it, I'm like, yeah, can we go? Can we just go? It's whatever. I like the food. Yeah. So we get there, and we get seated, and I realize that our waitress has a crush on Tyler. And I'm laughing because that ain't never going to happen, lady. But that's okay. <laughs> so, and I'm completely oblivious yeah. to it. But it was totally funny. I was laughing. I, I didn't understand because you were actually laughing at the table. And I'm like, that's so funny. And she has to spell it out for me. I'm like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. It well, was... sorry to break her heart. Yeah, whatever. It's okay. It was just funny for me. Yeah. It's entertainment. So, uh, Cracker Barrel style. And then we headed on out and just drove all the way home. Yeah. Oh, but then we were on our way home and we needed to get fuel. I think we were somewhere... Was it after um, Flagstaff? I think it was just before Flagstaff. Or it was not just... You no, know, it was after Flagstaff. It was You're after right. Flagstaff. There were forest fires in Flagstaff. Yeah. Like, what's with all the smoke? But we we got through there and we were looking for a fuel stop and we got to a place and they were charging an obscene amount of money. Double the amount that everybody else up until that point. And we realized it was because they were the last gas station stop off the freeway before you hit like 80 some odd miles of natural like national forest. Right. So there were no stops or anything like that for gas along that entire stretch. Right. So they literally were gouging people. I was it was obscene. It was like five bucks a gallon. It was or five bucks a gallon. And I'm like, what the did we get anything? We got two gallons, which was enough to get us to the next mm. stop. Right. Because literally uh I, I drive a very fuel efficient vehicle. But what a millennial that drives a fuel efficient vehicle? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, and it was totally fine, but I was just like, am I reading this right? Uh, Have gas was... prices gone up so much while we've been in New Mexico that it's this ridiculous? Well, and that was the thing is we went from 235, which we got in Albuquerque, right, to 270 a little ways. Yeah. Um and then that stop it was like, okay, we should fill up. You know, we're down below a quarter tank. And it ended up being five bucks. I'm like, oh, hell no. I'm not filling up here. Yeah, I ended up downloading a gas app to try and see if we could find a less expensive option. And unfortunately, in that particular area, that was it. So yeah. They were, they're geographically in such a position that they can... They could charge more, but I think it's obscene that they're charging that much more. Yeah, yeah, it was... I thought it was criminal, but whatever. Um, It was bad. So, we just moved on to the next location that we found that was 50% less. Yeah, and we paid $265, I think. Yeah, ridiculous. filled up, and that was the last time we had to fill up before uh, making it back to California. Speaking of which... Uh, the roads. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had actually forgotten about this until you reminded me. I'm like, oh yeah, the roads were really crummy once we got to California. Yeah, it was like New Mexico, you know, there were some spots because they were doing construction. Yeah. 
Um, but I noticed there were a lot of uh, igneous rock, or is it igneous or is it uh, volcanic rock? I, the one that's all crumbly. Uh, I'm not a geog geologist, so okay. I don't have the answer to that because I forget. Well, somebody in comments can go off and tell me which it is. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, if you're on Facebook, Twitter, or even on the site, just add a comment and tell me which one... I think it's volcanic now that I think about it, but correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but we saw a lot of that through New Mexico, we get into Arizona, and it's it's pretty flat for the most part of Arizona, running through New Mexico, heading into Arizona. Right. Uh, we hit Flagstaff, and that's when we saw all the smoke and everything like that. Yeah, I actually had to go on to Twitter and go... <laughs> What's going on? Right. Oh, the, there's some forest fires nearby, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, nowhere like near us, but not super close. But the smoke was was over there, and yeah. the whole area, I guess, had been flooded with smoke for a while. So yeah, so we made it through Arizona. Not nothing too uh, incidental going on there. Uh, I think we stopped at a, a rest stop to look at stones or something like that. I forget what we stopped for, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Indian Center? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> back in like 89, 90, my boyfriend and I had taken a, a two-week road trip through Arizona and New Mexico, and I remember we had stopped at this place, and I, I just wanted to see it again. So we cruised in there uh, just to check it out, met an, a lovely pack of dogs yes. who were super chill, just hanging out, and uh, talked to some really nice ladies that worked at the shop. And you bought a bunch of stuff, didn't you? Two things. I bought a quartz, like a good size quartz crystal, which is like less than half of what I would have paid out here. Okay, all right. And then I got a selection of other rocks and gems, which I'm a little sad because they were hot glued onto that plastic or onto the back piece, so it kind of makes it worthless to me. And it's washable. You could fix that. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I didn't realize that was going on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, got to talk to the ladies at work there, told them about the show. So, giving a shout-out to the ladies at work over at the Indian Center. Yeah. Uh, and then we made it through Arizona, hit California, and all of a sudden my car just... It just it felt like I was going off-roading for a minute there. Yeah, it kind of scared me. And uh, then it just turned out that that particular lane was awful. Yeah. So everybody was driving in the traveling in the left lane instead mm -hmm. of the right. So we got stuck behind a big truck with a huge trailer, but I couldn't go over into the right lane to pass him. Sure. Because literally it was so bad that if I tried to go at speed, I would lose control on that side. And it was just like, what the heck, California? Get right. it together. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Whole nother, whole nother episode for that one. Right. But uh, I want to thank you for joining us today and on this episode of Ravens at the Crossroad. If you'd like to support our future ventures, please consider donating on our website at ravensatthecrossroad.com. You can also catch future episodes directly from the site or find us on iTunes Music, Google Play Music, or Spotify. You can also find us on social media pages such as Ravens at the Crossroads on Facebook. Instagram, and Raven's Crossroad on Twitter.